respectful. I want, you know, you to feel respected, but I also expect you to respect me. Welcome to Successfully Speaking with Tyler Smith-Barbosa and myself, Jessica Courtney Rivera. Tyler and I are very good friends of, oh my God, 20 years. We've grown up together, become mothers together, planned weddings with one another, and now we're here growing businesses and riding the waves of life. Thanks for joining us. Okay, guys, so we're back with part two of In-Laws. So our last episode, I left off um, just talking about my relationship with my father-in-law and my expectations that I have with that relationship and just like how protective I am of my children and this unknown fear that I have or like worry that he may not show up. Um, every single time. And I feel like I'm in a place right now where, you know, I understand that people deserve grace and that he may not show up every time. He may not, you know, nobody's going to be perfect. And I have to allow him, you know, that same space that I have for other people. And, you know, move forward from, you know, the things that I know or that I've seen um, when it comes to his relationship with my husband and kind of be open to allowing him growth. And so um, recently my program, we had a grandfather's or a grandparents day. um, And my son, when he was creating his craft for grandparents day, we were talking about who he was going to give it to. And he was like, you know, I really want to give this to my pop up. And because I have that protection of my children, I actually hadn't invited him because I didn't want. Oh, wow. I guess I just was nervous that he wouldn't make it. And that the children would, you know, expect him to be there And, you know, he may, you know, know it maybe in expecting that would make this awesome craft and, you know, feel really proud of it and then be let down when or if he didn't show. So um, I at that moment, I text him and I was like, hey, you know, I'm sorry that it's last minute, but grandparents day is on Friday you know, or I know you have work and, you know, cause my father-in-law works like three jobs. So a part of me, like my expectation that he wouldn't be able to make it was like, it was realistic because he, he's really busy. Um, so, you know, I let him know that and he was like, no, I'll definitely be there. And I was like, okay. But even then there was like a nervousness to tell Noah that, you know, I invited him, but so go ahead. Do you think that maybe that extra nervousness might've stemmed from what happened at Layla's recital? Kind of like, it just kind of like made your alerts a little bit higher. um, Yeah. I feel like anytime um, my father-in-law has, you know, a human moment where like he's unable to make things because I know 
and I've experienced with Ephraim, like him not always being present and being consistent in Ephraim's life. I, each time it just makes me more and more aware of his, you know, situation, I guess I would call it like, you know, like I, you know, anytime he, he says he's going to do something and he doesn't, I'm like, it kind of affirms the thought in the back of my mind. Like, oh, you know, see, you're not crazy. You're, you're not doing that for no reason. And then I, mm-hmm. it, it kind of like, it's harder and harder to let it go. Which is why, like I said before, like I'm really trying to be in a space where I'm aware of that within myself and I'm doing things to um, help me to notice more when he is there or when he does come through and, and to give him more credit in that way. It's it's intriguing to me to see how high mm-hmm. alert um, you are in that situation. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if it has something to do with you know, not having a good relationship with your own father. Yeah. I ask that because I, I'm not that high alert with my own kids when it comes to people being in their life. Like if you are here, that's great. And if you're not, then that's okay too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the kids are okay. And, and my dad, I guess, wasn't consistent. He wasn't there all the time. And I think what keeps him away now, honestly, is his own guilt. But I'm I'm not, I never was mad at him about not mm-hmm. being there. I knew, you know, like he just got things with him and it has nothing to yeah. do with me. I can't say for sure that it doesn't because I'm just like, you know, psychology is, is crazy. Like, you know, sometimes you don't think something has anything to do with the decisions that you're making and like low key, it does. But I also feel like a lot of it is coming from what I know about child development and psychology and like, you know, just feelings of, or, you know, when, when children really look up to a person or they really have these really close relationships with the person, it does, it actually is traumatic when a person consistently doesn't show up. So it's not, you know, like, Oh, this is just this one time or that he didn't show up before one time, it was like, you know, over, you remember Ephraim and I have been in a relationship since Ephraim was 16. So I've seen Mm -hmm. his relationship with his dad go through the hoops, like the back and forth. I've heard all the stories of his childhood relationship with his dad. So it's not like just one instance where his dad maybe, you know, like, like the situation with Layla's recital and his car broke down. Like it, it is a pattern. So I don't want my children experiencing that. Like I, I, especially Mm -hmm. because I know that it actually is, it does affect them. Even if a child, you know, doesn't feel like, you know, sad in that moment, it's very much so possible that, once a pattern becomes established, trust is broken and it, it does create issues with relationships later on. 
Um, and that's like everything else. It's not a guarantee. Like if your trust, if you have a problem with a, a parent, um, that necessarily you'll have problems in relationships moving forward. That's not the case for everybody, but it is possible. It is a thing. And I just, I don't know if it's overprotectiveness, but I, I just don't feel like, you know, I want to expose my children to that situation. Um, and it's not even just like in-laws, this episode is about in-laws, but like my own parents, like I have those same standards. Like, you know, my, my dad, he's my stepfather, but I, you know, the person that raised me, I have that same expectation mm-hmm. and consistency is not, it's not permitted. Like if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. If you're not, you know, cause I didn't invite my dad to, to grandparents day because he's inconsistent. <laughs> um, yeah. No, right. So, I don't know if it's, if it's that like, you know, my, with my relationship with my biological father, because honestly, like I've never thought about it. Um, but yeah, so, um, back into what we were talking about, (laughs) I, I hadn't invited him. Um, and I reached out to him he's like, no, for sure. I'll be there. Um, And like I said, I'm just in this space where I'm trying to be more open. Like I'm trying not to like be so closed off whenever he makes commitments and say like, you know, well, I'm not going to tell. Because normally I just wouldn't tell the kids about it. I would say, okay, yeah, that's nice. Awesome. And then like the kids would have no idea. He would show up and it would be this big like, oh, Papa, you know, but. This mm-hmm. time, you know, I did. I told Noah, I said, you know, I, I text grandpa and he said he's coming, you know, so you can like, you know, we went through the whole thing and he was prepared to give him his gift or whatever. And he came and, you know, they had a really great time. And, you know, I was really happy for Noah, um, you know, that he was able to have that experience. And I feel like when it comes to grandparents we have to keep in mind that who they were as parents is not necessarily who they will be as grandparents yeah that is so true um okay moving on because you were talking about this expectation of showing up let's talk about how you feel with like expectations for what that role is that grandparents play. Cause you said, you know, like grandparents are not the same. They're not going to be the same person they were when they were parents compared to who they are going right. to be as grandparents. What is your idea of like, um, wh- what are your expectations for grand- your kids, grandparents and what does your village look like for you? Um, well, number one, first and foremost, I feel like it's more for my children. Like, for them to be able to count on their grandparents. If, you know, I feel like a grandparent is special in the way that because I'm a parent and I do the disciplining, you get to have the magic. You know what I'm saying? Like grandparents get to have that, like that relationship where it's kind of magical. And I think about like my relationship with my grandfather when I was younger and like our little rituals we had and 
No, it's so nice. It's right. It is. It's, it's, it's magical. It's um, it also, I think, takes a lot of pressure off of yeah. the parent. Like, so, you know, you have this expectation. I, I guess you I'm guessing that your expectation is to have, you know, just to have a relationship, right? Have mm-hmm. that fun that is a little bit harder to have when you're the disciplinary and you're the one who's working, right, you know, like right. that kind of thing. And this is speaking for someone who my kids don't have or don't see their grandparents often, right? Because Brian's mom lives down here with us, but again, she's um, sickly. My mom moved down here um, a little bit ago, but we have, me and her have things that um, doesn't permit her to be with the kids as often. So it is just me and Ryan a lot. And it's so hard to try to find that balance between, um, you know, like raising the kids and then also having fun with the kids. Because what I remember from my grandmom growing up, you know, from the moment we turned three years old, this was like her thing. She got all her grandkids and she took us to see like all the Disney's on ice, all the musicals, all the plays, you know what I mean? And so that's like what my, she took me on my, actually I only been on two cruises in my life and she took me on both. You know what I mean? Like, so she, she did those things and it almost like, you don't even look at your parents like, Oh, well you never did this with me. You never did that with me because you were so having those other right. types of like learning experiences. But I feel like my kids yeah. don't get that. Yeah. Which is hard. Like, you know, I feel like, you know, when it comes to in-laws, that's the thing when it comes to expectations versus reality. It's like, you know, the reality is your husband's mom is not well. And, you know, she just physically can't do the things that in your mind, your mother-in-law would be able to do. Yes. And that was hard for me. I mean, you know, in a way it's still selfish because again, she's mm-hmm. not well. But it was hard for me to be like, dag, like, we don't get that. Because Ryan's, like, our nieces and nephews are older um, than our kids. So she was like that with them. And I was just so psyched, like, yeah, like, I got a a good one. Because, you know, like I said before in another episode, because you don't marry just the person, you marry the family. So I was vetting her. I'm like, yeah, like, I saw how she was with the other Mm -hmm. grandkids. I'm like, this is it. Like, I lucked up. And then it's like, literally, we was only in Florida for a couple months. And then like her health started to decline. And it was like, come on, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) yeah. And I guess it's kind of the same thing with um, my mother-in-law. Like, you know, Layla's the oldest. So she kind of got a different, um, you know, she has a different relationship with my mother-in-law than Mm -hmm. the other kids. Um, But I still see the magic. Like I see her and Noah, they bond over video games and that's their thing. Like. You know, she's not as physically able, but like, you know, they have their they have their things like she and Yara has their game that they play or like Yara likes to ride on her lap up the stair lift (laughs) like she thinks it's a a game. Yeah. yeah. So and Yara won't know anything other than like her grandmother, you know, having just the one leg like she won't because that's yeah it's been like that since she was born so and you know what miss angie is such she a good is. grandma now. She honestly really is. she really is like <laughs> i can honestly say like i i've never had a moment where i felt like she my my grand my children weren't loved by their grandmother like yeah um and I feel like, like I said before, that's the thing with 
my father-in-law is that like you know we there's like a different dynamic there like especially because she is so mm-hmm. involved in the kids' lives and then you know he wasn't in the beginning so it was kind of like mm-hmm. you know it's tricky it was tricky um but yeah nonetheless i i feel like i can definitely see you know that you know my expectations kind of needed to be adjusted like you know mm-hmm. okay and you know the reality is that my father-in-law works three jobs he's like in his late 50s like he has had past experiences that make it hard for him to connect emotionally um and you know his childhood plays a part in it and i feel like you know it's just that's the same way it is with you know in-laws period you have really have to take into accountability um that they're, that people, they're people with their own experiences and that like your your expectations really don't matter like to be honest like you you don't have matter. these expectations no, and it's like nice you know but the reality is what it is and you have to figure out how you and your partner are going to navigate that relationship um in in a healthy way yeah right so speaking of health, um, obviously, in order for, in my opinion, at least, in order for your kids to be able to have and build a healthy relationship with their grandparents, you have to be able to establish some kind of boundaries that work for you um, in order for that relationship to grow. Because, whatever you know, like your relationship with, with your mother-in-law, your father-in-law is one thing, and then their relationship with the kids is a complete another thing. But all of those relationships bounce off right. of each other. So um, because I know the things with you and Ms. Angie have been rough in finding those boundaries that make for a better situation for everyone, especially now that she's living in your house. And I, and I know that you guys have lived with her a couple of times, mm-hmm. but, um, but now that she's living in your house and that she is like definitely permanently like this is it, like she's probably not going anywhere else now. What kind of boundaries have you set that makes y'all relationship be able to work better for the kids and for you. And I feel like number one is um, relationships with, I mean, boundaries within myself. Like, um, listening to my, my own feelings and like when I'm feeling like, okay, I've, I need a moment. I need space. Um, I feel like, is number one that really helps me to respond better and um, to keep healthy communication when I am not like overwhelmed with like not having, not having enough space, not having enough time, not, you know, when, when you and a person have like a history of like turmoil it's really important that there's you don't you don't feel like you can't step away is what I'm saying. So, you know, we don't really like the crazy thing is Miss Angie and I never argue anymore. Hardly. I'm not going to say never, but like barely like it, it hardly ever happens. Um, 
And usually it's because I am very like I have a I have a protocol basically <laughs> like okay up uh, this this is not <laughs> going to go all right I know what to do uh, this is okay guys we're initiating <laughs> protocol B <laughs> I need everyone in position exactly <laughs> in T minus five exactly, minutes exactly <laughs> exactly that's exactly what it is so it's like all right this oh, is I'm gonna take some space whether it's a couple hours or a couple days sometimes like you know I'm gonna take some space. You know, I continue on with the everyday program. Like, you know, I, I always get her coffee in the morning. I always get her her fried eggs. Like, that's my norm. I still do those things. But I keep conversation to a minimum. Like, and that's so, because when, when it's hot, when you know, when the block is hot, you can't, <laughs> you, you got to keep it, you got to keep it minimal. Um. And that works like it really works because we both have an opportunity to process and like listen, really like play back the conversation and listen for key uh, communications, basically like, okay, all right, what she's saying here is X, Y and Z. I don't agree, but I can I can understand how, you know, and, and I can empathize with that. And so like, okay, after once now that I've had a time to process and I've had a time to calm down and kind of get out of my situation, it's kind of like what you're doing in marriage. Like, you know, when you and your partner are, you know, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Like I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm like strong listening right now. I are, are in a moment where like feelings are hot, like, when the when the fire is blue because you know like you know or fire is hotter so like it's like okay we just get quiet we just get quiet and like that's like when you feel that inside like oh this is a blue fire it's time to be quiet it's time to be quiet it's time to be quiet you know i don't think i've ever been I have never been close enough to my in-laws to really, I don't know, like have like a full on relationship. Mm -hmm. Like there are things about Ryan's mom that I see in her personality that I'm like, okay, she like, she plays victim. That's where she's comfortable being when she, when people are doing wrong, but when people have Mm -hmm. wronged her. And sometimes like, especially when we should spend more time with her, that would be draining. Like girl. Yeah. It's not always them, but we don't see her that often. So when she, like, when she vents about it, I just try to listen and, you know, just let her know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm empathizing. I'm listening to the things that you're saying. I might not necessarily that's offer any advice, a strategy. but that's a strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, then she leaves and then we don't see her for a couple of weeks. So I kind of get some time to And refill, there was a time when I definitely did that, like. Yeah. I don't know how it would be, honestly, if we saw her more often or if she like lived with us. Cause that was almost a thing with her living with us. My father in law, though, like me and her mm-hmm. are like friends. Like 
I, I can even see it like if me and Ryan weren't together, if he was not mm-hmm. like he was someone else, but like if I knew him outside, like me and him could totally right. be friends. Um, but his family is really big on like, mm-hmm. I love yous. Like my father-in-law called me up. We'll talk. And this is like from day one. He would keep call me up. We would talk about, okay, I love you. Talk to you later. And that was like weird for me. Cause the way me, my family hang up the phone, we'd be like, all right, all right, click. That's mm-hmm. it. Like, and I, like there's even been times I was on the phone with my mom and I was like, I love you. Like <laughs> it just, it didn't, it doesn't come like, <laughs> It just doesn't come like natural. So like when his family says that, like, okay, love you. Bye. I'm like, okay, love you. No, you too. I don't know. That is so weird to me. But, and I'm like, cause like they don't mean it. It's just something I'm like, that's something they say, but I think Mm -hmm. he means it. Like, I can't believe it. I I genuinely. Um, so my father-in-law it's okay when I when you talk about like being accepted into a family mm-hmm. because I feel like sometimes it's hard to it's always like that's Ryan and they can accept kids that they might sure. have with someone but yeah. to accept like the yeah. wife you know it's like you, you're always kind of a little bit on the yeah. outside Ryan's family like day one they like hey sis you know take down my number like hit me up Da-da-da. they don't even talk to Ryan they be talking to me so my father in law. When I was pregnant with Eli and I, I had I had her, I gave birth, there was like this whole big incident that blew up. Um, and he's a social worker, but he's also like really full of himself, which I think is <laughs> hilarious. So right. So he called me and okay, so I I gave birth to my daughter. Ryan is in Kuwait. He's trying to come home to spend time with his family. And it was like this terrible blizzard because it was January 1st mm-hmm. or January 4th by this point. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get my husband from the airport. And I've been home oh with this newborn gosh. baby since she's been born by myself. It was that like a was whole big crazy. thing. And it was so crazy because, okay, so here's, here's the story, guys. I gave birth to my daughter January 1st. And I had her at a birthing center. So we only was at the birthing center. I had her one twenty six in the morning. We went home at 9 mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. Jessica was there with me. My mom was there with me. My mom was like, all right, I'm going to go take Jessica home. I'm going to take a nap. And I'm going to come back. And I didn't see my mom for like three days. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a house with a newborn right. baby. And my six-year-old. So, you know, like I'm like sleeping and trying to go feed her and just sleeping and I want to be like super dehydrated and it was like it was just really bad and my husband was supposed to come home January 4th and I'm just like I just want my husband you know like and what I really was saying is like I just mm-hmm. want some help mm-hmm. you know like I just had a baby there's no one here Ryan's mom was supposed to be there but her car kept catching a flat tire it was just like one of those things where the universe was just not aligning mm-hmm. for me and so my mom was supposed to go pick Ryan up from the airport but it wound up like like it was so much snow and we had that much snow in a really mm-hmm. long time. And I, she told me the night before, like, Hey, you know, since it's supposed to snow tomorrow, I might not be able to go pick him up from the airport. And at this point I'm like, all right, you know, just let me know if you can or you can't Pre- preferably mm-hmm. earlier. And she's like, all right, you know, cool. So she called me at 10 o'clock in the morning and was like, you know, I can't go get him because they said it's going to be mm-hmm. real bad out there. I'm like, okay, yeah, no worries. I'm gonna go get him. now. You know what I mean? And this, 
this plays into my own kind of um, hyper independence because you know how like I feel like if I do start to rely on someone and then you don't show up for me, I'm kind of just forced to do it on my own. So I'm just better off doing it on my own first place. So I'm like, you know, let me just go ahead and go get him from the airport. My mom starts freaking out. You're not taking my grandkids out in that blizzard. Like, sis, I wouldn't even have to if we would have been able to come up with a better solution than you just saying you're not going to go get this man. But okay. So she called my father-in-law. And maybe it's because me and him had a close relationship. She felt like maybe he could talk me down. But whatever it is that she said to him made it seem like I was literally on a bridge, about to jump into the river. She called me too. Because he like, I, I just feel like I'm. Yeah. She's like, because he was just like, I feel like, like I have to talk you off a ledge right now. I'm like, sir, I'm asking you, can you just go to the airport to give that man a, a jacket? Because he's coming from Kuwait, 120 degrees to like 30, 20, mm-hmm. 10 degrees. I don't want my husband to be cold. And you over here tell something, you feel like you're talking me off the ledge. So I just had to straight tell him, if you are not going to help me, get off Mm -hmm. my phone. And he started talking about my suicidal tendencies. And I just hung up. Listen, bruh, I don't got time for it. So for like a long time after that, he always would bring that up. And he told my husband, he said, first off, your wife is spicy. (laughs) (laughs) and he like second off you got a lot to handle with that one because you know she she a little something and what i like about it is that one he didn't Mm -hmm. take it personal so it didn't affect our relationship i think if anything it probably brought us closer together because he was able to see like a raw Mm -hmm. side of me and it's not one of those it's like kind of like you put on a face for Christmas mm-hmm. dinner kind of vibes. It was like, no, this is mm-hmm. like, she means business. And after that, me and him were able to be like more open with each other. Like I just had to break it down to him, like what the actual situation was and what was going on. And, you know, you were only listening to what you were told. And, 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 and I know we're getting off topic of what mm-hmm. like grandparents, but you know, I, f- I do feel like my mom gaslighted me a lot about my own feelings. So it makes me seem like, like, am I, is it me? Like, am I just yeah. being, cause she's like, you're being crazy. And I'm like, I think I everybody's like, concern at that moment though, was that they, they said that the conditions on the roads were really dangerous and that you would have to drive from where you were to the airport with the baby and Kai. And that if something were to happen right. in the car, like let's say it breaks down and it's really cold then now the infant, the three-day-old who's already having like a really hard time with the, you know, how they have to regulate their body temperature and things like that. I feel like that was the concern. Or at least when she called me, that's what I thought of. Like, oh no, like that's not safe. Mm -hmm. Maybe she can bring the baby to me. And she's like, Jessica, that doesn't make sense. You live all the way here. Why would she come there to bring the baby to you and then go back? And I'm like, well, I just don't want the baby. (laughs) I just don't somebody, I don't know. So I'm like, maybe you can go there then. And she's like, Jessica, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Nobody should be on the roads. They're saying like, you know, they're closing roads. So, you know, I feel like that whole thing was like, I feel like it was just so many emotions involved. And like, especially for you, like it was, you know, the time after you have a baby, like that is like so delicate. Um, I feel like it was definitely a pivotal moment in the relationship with 
your father-in-law and your mother-in-law and just them having the opportunity and, and my mother. mother. But <laughs> I feel like, you know, with, with the in-laws, it's kind of like this pressure that we have to, to seem good. We have to be good. Yes. You know what I mean? And like in that moment, mm-hmm. you didn't care about what, how it would be from then on or like, you know, what they thought of you or how you did things. It was kind of like, you know, this is, this is it. This is me. And, and we're already married. So, oh, well, <laughs> like, it's no, <laughs> there is no way out of it. <laughs> like, you know, and I feel like, no, right. Y'all yeah, and it was now. so early <laughs> on. And like, you guys hadn't had very many opportunities to bond before that. So I feel like, you know, right away, it was like, you know, hi, I'm Tyler. But also, I said what I said. Also, also. And it, either you going to help or you going to go. And like, you know, <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. What I do like about that experience, though, like I said, because it was so raw that now he knows, okay, she's very straightforward, forward. you know, if you got something to say to her, just say it, just go ahead and say it, get, the, get whatever words need to be, you know, out the way. And we can always like move forward from there. And I like that. I appreciate it because our relationship is more real than just like my father-in-law who calls and, and checks up on us. And you kind of got like, no, everything's okay. We're fine. Everything's fine where I can just be myself and know that he would still love me with me being myself. Like there is, you know, like unconditional love in that and not just that love of me being his son's wife. Right. Right. So, yeah. So I feel like when it came, when it came to my in-laws, like there wasn't ever that moment. I feel like, you know, once kids, we were talking before about like, once you start having children, it does change the dynamic of the relationship with your in-laws. Because I feel like, you know, as a mom, you know, you're, you are more protective of your children and you have more of a say so over how things go. And I feel like sometimes Mm -hmm. that can, be hard for especially the mother-in-law and I feel like that's where that stigma comes from you know mother-in-laws are Mm -hmm. overbearing you know mother-in-laws are you know controlling that whole stigma and it's really I feel like it boils down to you know she did things her way and now I'm figuring this out and she has to watch me figure this out and you know Mm -hmm. it's hard for her like it's it's hard to watch me figure it out, especially when you feel like you did it right already. Like, let me just show you. So <laughs> like, just listen. <laughs> <laughs> especially because, like, what you had said earlier about um, Ephraim's mom. Like, he, the analogy we used was she sculpted right. him, yeah. she created him. He was like this art, just to give it away. It's very so much similar because, you know, Ryan's mom and his dad divorced pretty early and that was hard for her. And I think um, it still lives with her through this day. So, you know, when she talks about um, Ryan's brother's wife in this like negative way, it's kind of because she sees things in her that she saw in her ex-husband. Mm-hmm. So it was like kind of like that comparison. And she and because she knows what it that felt like. 
she doesn't want her son to experience those things yeah. either. Um, but again, like I said before, like that always that also makes me wonder like what she truly thinks of me. And even though I did say, like, you know, like you you were talking mm-hmm. about me. Um <laughs> and, and she said no, it doesn't mean that I still don't think she's right. talking shit about me. You know what I mean? Because because of that experience that she went through. And with Ryan, like Ryan was that's her boy. Yeah. That's her, you know, like Ryan's brother had he was the troublesome one, you know, and I said it in air quotes because he was the problem child, essentially. And because Ryan was so good, he lived with his mom literally up until um, we moved in together. So even that, like, you know, it's not like he transitioned to move out of her house and then was living on his own. Like, yeah, she was living with him up until he decided to be with me. So I'm sure there is probably something yeah. there. If there is, it's not something that's ever been spoken on per se. Um, but I do also love that she wants to be a great grandma in, in whatever capacity she can be now, you know, like even when I, like I gave birth to Eli and she was in Jersey cause she was already living in Florida by that time, but she was in Jersey at his brother's house, you know, like, cause she was going to spend time with them and they come over and help me with the baby after I had the baby and she wanted mm-hmm. to get to me. That was like one of her things, like through the snow, through her things. She was, they were yeah, working to get this tire fixed She's up. a mom Again, and she remembers what it's like to have kids. And I think that's something that we have to keep in perspective. Like, you know, they've been in our position before, even if they haven't been married or, you know, maybe it's not all the specific details, but they've been a mom. They, they've raised yeah. kids. They've experienced that hardship. Even if we disagree on what motherhood looks like, they know the feeling like that vulnerability of being a mom. And and I think that again, that like you said, it was a pivotal moment for me and her as well, because of the, her own experiences and seeing what I, what I was going through, especially because I was always, or I can be seen as like that strong black woman. It's like, okay, she is mm-hmm. saying she needs help. And this is our moment. This is all of our moment to right. help her. You know what I mean? And she just wanted to like wanted us to know that she was there or wants to be there to help us as best yeah. as she can. What did I even she say? She just wanted us to be there. She just wanted to be there in whatever capacity she could be there as best as she can. Yeah. So I guess with that being said, like, how do you got, how do you handle conflict when it comes to your in-laws? Like, would you, you know, cause I I know that there have been times, like you said, like you asked, asked her before, like, you know, how, you know, are are you talking about me? Like, you know, how do you handle conflict with your mother-in-law um, and how does that affect the dynamic of your relationship? First off, let me just say that I love that me and Ryan can talk about mm-hmm. our parents unfiltered. Mm-hmm. So I can say things to him um, about his mom or about his dad and him not be like, all right, but that's my mom. Or like, all right, but mm-hmm. that's my dad. Like he can listen to what I have to say about his yeah. parents. So... One, I'll vent to him first before I say anything to his mom. 
um, just to kind of like, again, check in with him and see how he felt about a situation um, or how he, you know, might have seen things in a different way than I'm seeing things. And, you know, the perspective. Um, the best thing I can do or the best thing that I have done is to be honest with her. You know, like when she does talk about um, my sister-in-law, I'll say to her like, okay, well, it could be this or, you know, you can't just say it that way because um, or I think that maybe you're feeling that way because of your experiences. But, you know, try to take this into consideration. So I try to offer her different perspectives, mm-hmm. too, because. I would want her to give me the benefit of the doubt if me and Ryan were to go yeah. through something. And so I'm trying to let her know, like, you know, give her the benefit of the, of the doubt mm-hmm. as well. And I, I think, like I said, because of that situation that I had with Eli when they were born and because of the rawness of it, I don't feel uncomfortable being myself right. with them. Yeah. Um, I feel like that was the difference. Um, so, and my relationship with my husband's family is like, because Ephraim and I were so young when we met, there was like an expectation of like passiveness because, you know, when you're a teenager, you, you don't have a choice except to, you know, be respectful. And, you know, like there, there weren't any, any arguments because I did what I was told to do. Like she said, you know, it was time to go home. It was time to go home. If she said, you know, no, you guys can't go to this place on this day. And then it just is what it is. And, you know, as, as a child, like, you know, my, my temperament as a teenager was not like, I I wasn't going to argue with her. I was never going to say like, you know, no. And I think, you know, once I became an adult and, you know, things would change. Like at the most, when I was a teenager, maybe my mom might call and say, Hey, you know, Jessica is going to do X, Y, Z, or like, you know, I don't allow this thing or that thing. Like, you know what I mean? But once I was an adult and I was like speaking for myself or, you know, whatever the case was, um, I think that was the hardest thing for us was for her to see me in a way like that. I, I, I'm not, a, not child. a child, you know, I'm not, you know, I want to, I want to be respectful. I want, you know, you to feel respected, but I also expect you to respect me and my choices and, you know, um, what Ephraim and I need in our relationship. And that was like, oh my gosh, that I feel like that was the root of all our issues. And you know something with with Kai's grandma, you know my almost in law. She was so overbearing, yeah. and she was so much to handle. That, and, and because I was so young, you know, having Kai, that I think she felt the same way. Like I'm a child, so she's just like you know whatever I say go, and that was really hard for her to learn to respect me. And I want to say. I'm not going to say she hasn't learned to respect me, but she has always crossed mm-hmm. boundaries. Like that's what she lives for. It's <laughs> what she lives. Not that, that not experience. That's what she lives for. Convince me otherwise. Because no. <laughs> I'd be <laughs> very clear with my expectations. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Um, but because I had, first of like learning communication with her, 
and and being able to like strongly say what my boundaries are going into this marriage i was like yeah, okay you were prepared like yeah let me just let me yeah i was a little bit more prepared um yeah then I, and I then, think what changed the yeah. dynamic of our relationship was when Layla was born and it was like, okay, mm-hmm. you're his mom, but I'm her mom. And like, you know, all right, don't, you know, <laughs> don't be silly. No, because Kai's grandma used to be like. Kai's grandma used to be like, that's my granddaughter. And I, okay. I had to say to her once. I had to say to her once, you don't even know that. <laughs> like, you don't even know. <laughs> no, Tyler, you too much. I can't. Like, cause let's keep, I can't. Let's, let's keep it real because that's my daughter, definitively. But she could maybe not be your granddaughter. So I'm going to need for you to yeah. calm it down, lady. And I think, like, it was, there was, that was a big learning curve. I feel like that was, like, the tumultuous mm-hmm. point in um, my mother-in-law's relationship with me was like seeing me as like, you know, I'm not, you know, Jessica's Ephraim little friend. Like I'm, I'm Layla's mom. I'm, I'm Ephraim's wife. Like, you know, this is different now. Like things, and, and it actually, it took a lot of work for myself because I, you know, struggle with people pleasing as well. And I feel like at some point in a relationship, um, with my mother-in-law, like, I feel like, you know, I did just want things to be okay. Like, you know, before Layla was born, like, I just want things to be nice, things to be good. And so in some situations, I was like, yeah, for things to be easy. And I would say like, you know, all right, you know, I'm gonna do it that way. Or like, you know, I'll, you know, I just won't say anything. I had thoughts, but I would keep to myself, you know, like, you know, in, an effort to keep it smooth sailing, you know? And like, once I became mm-hmm. a mom, mm-hmm. I didn't care about that. Like, cause this is my priority. You know, parenting is like, I, I got real like mama bear. Like, you know, no, I said no. Mm. And it was like, who, she looking at me like, who were you talking to? I'm talking to you. I said, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I am so glad I never had to growl at yeah. Ryan's mom. But 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 I growled a lot at Kai's yeah. grandma. Like I got, I went from being not that I was a timid person as a teenager, but I was very yeah. We were passive. the same in that way. Like I feel like you know, it's just the way we were raised. Like our household expectations were like, you know, this is an adult. You are respectful to adults. You know. Oh, and that was so hard. Like because my mom was so big on that. So for a little while, it was really hard for me to talk back to to. Um, mm-hmm. Kai's grandma because I'm like I gotta be respectful I gotta be respectful I gotta yeah. be respectful Um, but it was when you know after she punched me in the oh. face like listen no, my- now I gotta cause like because what the respect get me no nowhere <laughs> literal slap like, in the face now I <laughs> like a literal <laughs> slap in the face you know they say no good deed right. goes unpunished they was not playing and so it was after that that I was like Okay, let me go put my bear suit on. Because y'all think I'm playing and I'm not I playing. I said, stop it. 
I said no. Yeah. No. I feel like, you know, thank goodness our relationship, like we never got to that point. Because I'm also not, I don't come back from that easily. Like if, I can't imagine how long it would have taken for us to get where we are if we had gotten to that point. I yeah. Like see, it. no, I don't know if I could recover. But um, I think, like I said before, like the work that I did on myself, it was a lot of reflection. It was a lot of why, like, why is this this way? Why are you mm-hmm. offended by this? Or, you know, you know, why, why does that bother you? Why does that thing and not this thing? Like, you know what I'm saying? So, and a lot of mm-hmm. questions for myself, like, well, where can you let go a little bit? Like, you know, is it really that detrimental that, you know, when Layla sleeps over her grandma house that she goes to bed at a specific time? Like, you know, like, is it going to be the end if she doesn't, you know, go to bed at her normal bedtime? Um, you know, if they make a stop um, and, and get a treat after school, like, is it going to be the end? Like, you know, and then also having some boundaries like, OK, well, if you're going to be the person giving her all these treats, you're the one that's going to take her to the dentist. You're going to handle all the dentist appointments. Yeah. When Layla got her first cavity, oh, my gosh, it broke Miss Angie's heart because like Layla was in the chair. <laughs> like, you know, you have to watch that as the person that's there and, and the kid is uncomfortable. And it's like, you know, you know that you're the responsible adult. You allowed a certain you know, behavior or certain habits to take place. And like, this is the, this is the result of it. And so like, how many times are you going to have her be in this very uncomfortable position before you realize that you have to change some things? And, you know, a lot of my boundaries when it comes to my in-laws have, you know, taken that kind of shape, like very realistic, very practical, like, okay, you know, that's fine. Just know, though, that if she's up at this time, you know, have fun. That's great. But you can't bring her back to me until after nap time. And that's just like because mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with the meltdowns of of exhaustion. Right. Like, you know, um, and, you know, just having concrete expectations, having, you know, boundaries that are healthy. Like not really porous, not really rigid, you know, giving grace, letting, allowing the relationship to unfold. I feel like it's how we are where we are. Um, I feel like she has more respect for me as a parent, as a wife. And, And like we've had so many conversations about like what's happened in the past and I've gotten to see like her perspective on a lot of things. And, you know, she's gotten, gotten to know, like even right before this episode, she was asking like, you know, so what's this episode about? And I'm like, Oh, it's in laws part two. She was like, dang, a part two. (laughs) It was that bad. And I was like, no, like, you know, and I'm explaining, like telling her like, you know what the episode is about. And, you know, she's like, we kind of got into like the conversation of, you know, what was, what we were both feeling in those moments, like, you know, um, and even where, you know, things went kind of aloft with Ephraim's part in it, because like, you know, one really big thing when it comes to in-laws is that, you know, the persons whose parents they are is really responsible for, 
creating a situation, an environment, like you know what your wife needs or your husband needs, and you also know your parents. And so so kind of like being yeah, an you're, you're the person who has to, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's late. We're going to keep talking. So, <laughs> I don't know what an intermediator is, but like, I know what you were trying to say. But you know what I mean, right? <laughs> but like, um, just, just being the person who is, you know, responsible for mediation, being the person who's responsible for keeping communication clear. And like, you know, I feel like there were some times where Ephraim kind of muddied the communication, not purposely, but because he's not a conflict person. And so he didn't want to have conflict with me and he didn't want to have conflict with his mom. And so his solution to that was to kind of create confusion. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And you don't know. None of us know. <laughs> it's like, mm, that actually made it worse. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah I can see that. Especially because... Both of y'all will be looking to him like, okay, like Ephraim, now you gotta say like, something. And she like, yeah, Ephraim, like, now you gotta say something. And he like, I, I, I. <laughs> so, nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> and like that was his strategy for a really long time. <laughs> was like, until we realized, like, okay, okay, so I see what happened here. And like, you know, we started having conversations. I started going to her with some of the problems that I was having and she started coming to me and while it would have been better if Ephraim had like been the mediator because I feel like we wouldn't have had as many like blow-ups it it helped us because like you know especially for me because after the blow-up I'm like you know really reflecting on like what happened like how did we get there like why why did this happen? Like, what is she really trying to communicate to me? And, you know, did she understand what I was trying to communicate to her? And, you know, we were able to, you know, come to that understanding later, like, you know, okay, yesterday, like, you know, this happened. And here's what I was really trying to say. And, you know, I feel like that helped us move forward um, in a lot of instances. Okay, Jessica. Rapid fire. I'm going to go first this time. Okay. Okay. What is something you wished you and Ephraim would have discussed about your in-laws before you two got serious? I wish we would have discussed... uh, trying to think of a word for it. But basically just like... what's important to us like you know for me it's it's important that you know I talk to my mom every day um it's important that you know I I am there for her as much as I can be um for Ephraim I think it may have been you know helping her with her you know health um being there physically for her I think you know the relationship looks different now but you know ultimately I feel like that's I feel like that's something that we should have discussed like you know how how do we plan to show up as as you know for our parents within our marriage if that makes sense it does makes a lot of sense 
how has religion changed your perspective on your in-laws? Oh my gosh. That literally is like the only, that's the only thing that kind of helped me to get where I am, um, you know, today. Honestly, I think um, in Islam, mothers, period, whether it's your mother or your husband's mother, are, you know, held at in really high um, regard. And you really want to, you know, treat them with respect and with kindness and, and understand that at the end of the day, mothers are only people and they're not going to be perfect. And that, you know, Allah chose your mother for you and then me for you. And so there has to be a reason that we're doing this. This, you know, it's not, this isn't random. And so with the two of those things combined, it really helped me to like be more patient and, um, you know, like just the blessings that I know that I'll get from, you know, being, I'm using air quotes, but like good, because I don't like using the word good or bad, but like a good, a good, um, you daughter know, daughter in law, um, and giving her grace and just seeing her as a person, like outside of what she, you know, her role as a mother in law or a mother to Ephraim. Nice. Okay. What is something you wished your in laws understood about you? Hmm. I would say, all right, so my mother-in-law hates lists, okay? And I'm a list maker, okay? I'm a planner girl. Right. I like all the colors. <laughs> I like the stickers. I get a planner every year, you know. Um, I think one thing that I wish that they understood, because I think they see me as like a really uh, kind of like a teacher, but like even uptight. in like real, yeah, is that like, my lists are not as concrete as, as they seem, if that makes sense. Like okay. I'm not, I'm not trying to, cause like she'll um, get frustrated. Like, Oh, you know, like what if I can't do this on, on Tuesday? Like, all right, we, we're putting this on the list, but what if I can't? And it's like, then you don't like, it's, it's really <laughs> not that serious. Like I wish that they knew that it just, it's really not that serious. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. So what is something that you have not said to your mother-in-law that you want her to know? Oof. What have I not said to her? Hmm. That when you put yourself in the role as victim you don't allow yourself to take responsibility for how you have gotten to where you are in your life. And it also doesn't allow you to take control of your own life. Okay. All right. Um, how do you see yourself as a future mother-in-law? Oof. <laughs> Ryan always jokes, right? <laughs> That like if we had a boy, that I would totally be like that boy mom. And I'm like, 
I literally live to not be like that. But, you know, we don't have any boys, so we will never know. Um, but I actually was telling Ryan, like, one, I wanted homeschool my grandkids. Mm-hmm. I never even considered, like, what if they decide that they don't want to homeschool their kids? Ooh. And I'm going to be like, what? <laughs> what you mean? Do you think you'll be... Um, I also said, like, easygoing about it? Or you think you'll be, like... <laughs> Like, but what I'm saying is right. I know. <laughs> For one, I know that I want to have a healthy relationship with my son-in-laws. Okay. Um, or daughter-in-laws. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really important because I don't think that Ryan has a, a strong relationship with my parents. Just, and I just don't think we just like are that kind of like family oriented. So I do want to be more familial um, with my kids and, and their spouses. Um but I also know that I am very like high strung and stubborn and I know how that will probably show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's that's like she's giving me something I need to think about like between, like in the next 20 years. Like I need to keep myself <laughs> together. <laughs> I know that was a good one too. When I wrote it down, I was like, oh, this is good. <laughs> Because you do, you think you're right all the time, and then you get older, and they be like, ma'am, that was your generation. This is a whole new generation. And I'm like, right. dang. <laughs> all right, okay. last one. What's the biggest thing you've learned from your relationship with your in laws? Mm. I think, um, how generational trauma affects each generation. Like I said, my mother-in-law, she plays victim, but I listen to her childhood stories and I see how she got there. But then... So is it that she plays victim or is it that she sees herself as victimized? What's the difference? Playing victim is like, you know, it's like... It's like a game. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Like nothing's really wrong. You're just like, oh, I I just don't know why. I don't know. Seeing yourself or being victimized is like you really have been abused. You really have been taken advantage of. And you have been the victim of so much for so long that you really can't figure out who you are outside of your trauma. I, I will probably I would say that she's probably been victimized. Mm-hmm. Um and I think for a while me and Ryan was trying to figure out what would be the difference for her because she would say one thing and then her, um her boyfriend Sam would say something else. And I remember when we used to go over there for Sunday dinners, we would like separate and divide. And so it got to the point where it was like, okay, we can't keep doing this because it's messing with us. Cause then we'll be go back home and share notes mm-hmm. and try to figure out what the truth <laughs> is between what the two of them were saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um but i think there is like there is victimization with some embellishment mm-hmm. okay um but but i see that and you know and then the stories that she told me about when she was raising ryan and him and then sometimes when ryan victimizes himself in our relationship mm-hmm. and just how that got passed down yeah 
Hey guys, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us at The Apothecary and Lotus Family Education Center. Tune in next week when we offer insight into our homeschool grading system. 